Stevenson to the outside, they score! From the left wing circle, Jack Eichel makes it 2-0 Vegas. Because one hour isn't enough, we welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Carlson for Stone in front, he scores! Five two nights, Mark Stone, two goals, one assist, three points. From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Love the fact that if you want to get into game one, round two, you can. And then you want to get in some season tickets, you can to the Vegas Golden Knights. The presumption has been for a long time that everything is sold out. Uh, uh, ticket window closed because uh, they're just packed every night. It's not the case. There's there's givebacks. There's uh, from from visiting teams, from the National Hockey League and sponsors all the time. There's uh, different uh, uh, reasoning uh, for uh, some inventory, and that's the case for round number two. So go to VegasGoldenKnights.com, uh, get in touch with them, and they've got inventory for round two at the Fortress uh, available right now. And you've got the select uh, seat uh, situation happening on Monday from four until seven. Thanks to Todd Pollock, the chief ticketing officer, for joining us and putting up mostly uh, with my idiocy uh, throughout the uh, trials and tribulations of that interview. Darren Millard, Ryan Wallace, uh, what are you looking at over there? Nothing. What, what are you staring at? You were just looking like staring looking, straight ahead. Looking at you. Oh, you were look, looked like you were just staring straight ahead. I, no, I wondered. I, I, it was one of those ones where if, if we were looking, on Zoom. No, I was looking at you, and then I looked off and, and nodded my head. Like, if it yes. was on Zoom, it would have been one of those ones where you think the screen's frozen. Yeah. What, I've lost them. I wonder. Are, are you there? Oh, I've got to reconnect. What's 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 going on with that? Uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm I'm buffering right now, Darren. Yeah, I was going to say you should be familiar with that, Mister Streamyard. Streamyard. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> uh, I uh, we'll see how many times uh, I'm on the road. Hopefully, uh, I get to go on the road for games three and four of this second round series, and uh, wherever that is, Edmonton or Los Angeles, mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind going to Edmonton. But I also would love a trip to Los Angeles. I love that whole arena area. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's awesome. L.A. Live uh, stuff. But but Edmonton in the spring with the, the fans excited and what they do. Uh, we saw last year in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And that whole square, it's, uh, it's... I do feel bad sometimes. I'll be totally honest with this uh, take. I feel bad for players who, like L.A., uh, Vegas, if they have to go to Edmonton for round two, uh-huh. because I feel like there's some PTSD from having to oh. go back to the bubble. Yeah, because the the same hotel and so, now it's, it's different. You got freedom, all that kind of stuff. But you're telling me that every time you, the people go in there, they don't think oh, like it, Vegas was there for a couple of months mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. between the, the the round robin series and then three rounds of the playoffs. Yeah, so I, I would. Think that people would rather the players, the uh, the staff, uh, the coaches, managers, just from a pure personal point of view, would rather go to L.A. Probably, but the excitement of Edmonton is still uh, pretty cool. I, we we saw a four one win mm-hmm. in the decider, four one series victory for the Vegas Golden Knights. I asked Derek England and Darren Elliott this question last night, and you kind of have to hum and haw a little bit. To hmm. really let it soak in. Hmm. But was 4-1 in the series closer than a five-game result insinuates? My reaction is yes. 
because of game one, all Winnipeg. Mm -hmm. The first period of game two could have put that thing away with Lauren Brassois being spectacular in that series or in that uh, first period. Uh, and then Vegas is potentially down to nothing. Mm -hmm. They weren't, mm -hmm. but that was an amazing first period by Winnipeg and an incredible reaction by Brossois. And game three goes to double overtime. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you could either have Winnipeg up three nothing if things would have went their way in game two, or at the very least, they could have been up two one yeah. in, in in the series. And then game four and five were vintage uh, and and acknowledged uh, very good Golden Knight performances. So, yeah, it took me a minute to, to figure out what it is you were actually asking. And, yes, I, I tend to agree with you. I don't think it's as close as the Golden Knights' first round, first ever playoff series was against Los Angeles, where it ends up being a 4 nothing sweep for the Golden Knights. But... Uh, that was as close a playoff series that only lasted four games as I've ever seen. Uh, but I do think that there were opportunities left on the table by the Winnipeg Jets in this series to at least push it six or seven games, 100%. Um, full marks, though, to the Golden Knights. And and from, a result, from purely a results perspective, that's true. But I do think that once the Golden Knights kind of found their game in the middle of game number two, I felt like even though there were opportunities for the Jets to find results and, and make it closer and tighter. I just think the Golden Knights outplayed the Winnipeg Jets for a longer stretch of time, a significantly longer stretch of time from midway through game two on. It wasn't a wall-to-wall -wall dominating series for Vegas. There was some really good spurts, and there were some good reactions in the series. Mm -hmm. But Winnipeg had more of a presence within the set than 4-1 would indicate when you look back in, in a couple of years, you'll you'll reflect on it and go, Vegas just found their their game, and they won four in a row. Like four in a row uh -huh. makes it seem like a breeze. Yeah, it was not a breeze. No. They were able to score a ton though, and and in different fashions. Whether it was deflection, more deflection goals mm -hmm. in this series yeah. than than I remember during the year. Sure, not the whole year. Tips weren't a big part of their offensive attack, or at least connecting on those tips. Uh, they were really good with deflection. Rebounds uh, off the rushes mm -hmm. is, is obviously good. Last night it went again, east-west, side-to-side. Uh, really had an impact uh, on Connor Hellebuck and, and being able to uh, take away uh, his strengths, which is shooting straight on. Uh, so Vegas wins 4-1, and uh, they were so in control after 40 minutes. Uh, the question was asked of Bruce Cassidy, did they play their best game last night? Well, up until the goalie came out for them, right, then it got a little hectic for us. We, we lost a bit of our urgency, obviously, in execution in the third. Uh, probably after about the 10-minute mark, I thought we were not skating pucks out and making plays, so we made it interesting on for LB, but I thought our best checking game, yes. I don't think we gave up much. I didn't think we gave up much the last game in Winnipeg either, five on five, a couple power play goals. I don't know if the numbers back that up, but that's how I felt and our numbers did. And I thought tonight they'll look similar, like I said, until the, their goalie came out. Discipline was good too, didn't take any penalties. Um, 
That's always important when a team's trying to get back into it. It's turnovers and penalties tend to fuel an offense, especially when they've got some other drivers out of the lineup. Um, so that was important for us too, and I thought we handled that well. So yes, I think it was our best, our closest to complete, but like I said, we still have work to do, and we, we know that. Nobody plays their best game in game, you know, the first round. They usually keep building, and we'll do the same. I mentioned to you guys yesterday that a close game might be more advantageous to the players mm-hmm. than a lead, a big lead. Sure. Just because it keeps everybody going. And, th- and that kind of played out. Like You you could not have scripted uh, an advantage going to the third period to let off a, a party like they did last night. Mm-hmm. That, that was incredible. But it also leads to, Mark Stone uh, admits it, that it leads to some drop-off when you're up 4 nothing. Uh, but when they got to... And Elliot likes to go in five-minute segments. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I was looking at the 10-minute mark. As soon as they got to 10 minutes without allowing a goal, I thought, okay, they're good. Mm-hmm. It changed, though, because Rick Bonus he was so fed up with that. <laughs> like he pulled his goalie with eight minutes to go in, in, in the game. And didn't, and didn't care. No. Uh, didn't care at all no. uh, that uh, that they they were playing with and they were better with with six attackers at least they had some 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 push uh but uh, once they got to uh to the 10 minute mark it, it was all locked and and it was good even with the the big push uh on Lauren Bersois uh it did you did you feel comfortable at that stage or were you thinking because Bersois prevented and then they got this successful challenge prevented any real anxiety about a miracle comeback. I wasn't worried. And even at 4-2, I wasn't necessarily worried because I, I just felt like you're defending a 6-on-5 attack for that long. It's it's more or less a novel situation that you're only really dealing with. It should with. be a novel situation, but Winnipeg had the puck the whole time. Well, that's what I'm saying. You only deal with it on average, right, every couple of games for two and a half to three minutes at most. And that's when... You're talking about super aggressive coaches. You've you've got a situation here where you you're staring down the barrel of it for eight minutes and eighteen seconds. That's a lot of hockey to be played with with a six on five situation. Now, not to be able to score on the empty net, like that was the part that well, that it, jumps out at they, you. They couldn't they couldn't get the puck back, right? right? And and you know, for, for all intents and purposes, like if you're on the Winnipeg Jets bench, you're getting thrown over the boards, and and you you've got your coach pulling your goalie at eight minutes. You better find a way to win battles. And like the the Golden Knights just could not get pucks out. It is what it is. But I, I thought you know for the most part, Loren Brossois made some big saves. And as it continued to progress, even after they got that first goal, I didn't feel like the Jets were going to have enough runway to get that one tied up. Hmm. There was there was some concerned people about what was going on there when they scored you, that second yeah, goal. Like my I didn't get worried, but my thought was. Well, this, I was. This could get interesting no, because I, it's it's certainly conceivable they could score two goals in two minutes. I, I'm not too much of uh, oh, I have everything in control. It's a, one of those uh, yeah, a uh, goofy goofy bounce or it, something. It, and I was concerned that the, the the shift and the tilt was so much that when they put that second goal in, which was eventually taken off the board uh, because of the challenge and the and the hand pass and the uh, the missed stoppage, that was not fun. That was, what are we looking at here? Mm-hmm. We, we've seen those kinds of rallies in the past and really recently. Uh, so, I, I, again, I, I could see it. I could, I could see a path to it, and it wasn't a good feeling. Well, it was concerning because, like Ryan said, they couldn't get the puck. Yeah. Like, they, I, like 
eight minutes ago, I'm like, oh, maybe we're going to get to see Brossois score a goal. Just just, <laughs> yeah, just yeah. put the puck on yeah. his yeah. stick. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, but Go for it. Yes. Give, give it a shot. But... No, I I'll be honest. Again, I didn't I didn't think that there was going to be enough from the Winnipeg Jets. And you know, granted, uh, they didn't really skate. They didn't really compete much through the first forty minutes. So they had a lot of energy for the final eight. It was good that they turned on that uh, disallowed goal. That took a lot of the air out of the Winnipeg Jets and really ended things. Uh, but it also put some emphasis on Bressois. He, he became a factor mm-hmm. in a game where he wasn't ever thought of as an impact player through 40 minutes. I thought that was that was a great feeling for him to go in. And and again, a shout-out to Annabelle Hansen, mm-hmm. the good luck charm, make-a-wish, uh, eight-year-old uh, from California, uh, favorite players, Mark Stone. She got to see him play live last night, uh, put up the banner mm-hmm. uh, in the hallway uh, with uh, Lauren Brassois. She's just a firecracker, and I loved her in the building. Gem of the post-game press conference, yeah. I'll tell you that. Um, yeah, you're, you're right on. And, and again, for Brossois, it, it has to feel just a little bit sweeter, obviously, that it comes against the Winnipeg Jets, his first uh, playoff series victory as, as a as a starter, as the guy, um, that it comes against his his former teammate and, and buddy and in um, Connor Hellebuck, but that you you get to be a big piece of that clinching one, right? You get to be a big part of that scenario where you know your team played incredibly well through forty five. 48 minutes, and then you had to come up big to preserve that victory. The winning goaltender in Game 5 of the Vegas Golden Knights 4-1 series victory over the Winnipeg Jets. Here's LB. You personally and for you guys as a team? It's great. Um, we were obviously very motivated to, to win that one. Uh, obviously, motivated to win the series, but tonight especially, you know, you don't want to travel again if you if you can avoid it and take advantage of the rest. It seemed like that from the start. This might have been the best wire to wire game that the team has played. Yeah, absolutely. I I couldn't agree more. Start to finish, every line, every every deep pairing was, you know, very motivated and, and playing, you know, at the top of the game. You know, I think it was our best game. Laurent, how much was Mark Stone a part of that, setting that tone for you guys to play your best game? It sets up the goal early. Yeah, defense, everything. I would assume you're kind of used to it as well. Yeah, I mean, no one's surprised even that. You know, he hasn't played in a long time, and he comes out and he's this effective. He's just one of the smartest players I've ever seen, and um, very impressive what he does at low speeds. It's, he sees the ice so well, and, and he creates so much. And then obviously off the ice, he's he's a big energizer bunny for us. He's he's great. Obviously a long way to go, but have you allowed yourself just, you know, with your hockey journey, just to win a playoff series, allow that to sink in at all? Yeah. Um, I'll let it sink in for a little bit, but honestly, uh, you know, there's a lot, like, like you said, there's lots of work to do, and um, just going to start preparing for the next one and, and not get too high. And, you know, and when there's lows, not get too low. Just try to keep it even keel. What's it been like for you from start to finish as far as, you know, getting back in on the ice and then starting the playoffs? So much talk of who's going to be between the bikes and you might be the number two, but you've been the guy and you've been handling it. Yeah, I mean, obviously, um, throughout the process, there's nothing really I can control other than, you know, what I'm doing on and off the ice, and, and that's all I really tried to do, and, and then the opportunities came, and, and luckily uh, I took advantage, and, and here we are. Small chip on the shoulder maybe? Of course. Um, you know, especially starting the year in the minors, and, you know, with an injury, and, um, you know, there's obviously, it feels like there's people that'll start, start doubting you, including myself, and so yeah, you definitely had a lot of motivation to, to come out. Elby told me uh, during a just side conversation that we had, uh, I don't even remember when it was, but he's walking me through the 
comeback and his rehab and then coming up and playing those three games. Mm-hmm. And then he got hurt. Mm. And he had to really consciously make an effort mentally to keep himself in the right spot. Not yeah. to go down a, a negative rabbit hole uh, that, oh, things were going so good and then this happens again. He 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 battled there. And that be, coming out on the right side of the the game between the ears was big. And I think we've seen some huge, I don't know whether it's growth or maturity, but execution on the mental game mm-hmm. and the stoic uh, nature of him in this series, in that crazy environment in, in Winnipeg, he, he was just outstanding with not being able to tell whether he's up or he's down in the in the game or the series and and being able to execute saves and and last night when the chaos erupted in the third period and Winnipeg didn't have a goalie and there was all kinds of pressure and he, he got a little scrambly at times mm-hmm. but was still battling to 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 make saves zen right is is kind of yeah. the word you use and uh, it, it it's it's funny because we'll hear that in post game press conferences every now and again right where you don't want to get too high. You don't want to get too low. But when when Loren Brossois says it, it, it means something because I, I don't know that he's he. You have to work on it. You have to continue to kind of play that game b- between the ears and, and make sure that you are locked in in order to be a a productive member of your team and also hit your individual metrics and 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 do what you need to do. But like, it, it's been a tough year, and the fact that he's been able to kind of remain neutral through all of it shows just kind of where he's at right now as as a person as a and, and as a goalie. I, I just could never see doing that. I, I'd be so much wanting to be in the middle of the fun and not being able yeah. to to step back. And that's the part where he steps back and he's just almost an observer of himself, mm-hmm. which is uh, uh, crazy. Uh, another player that stepped up, well, too, uh, Nick Hag was outstanding last night. Mm-hmm. Boy, was he a fantastic! And, and Zach Whitecloud in that pairing. I knew Braden McNabb was a possibility not to play, yeah. but I was uh, under the assumption that he was going to play. Mm-hmm. And then that came down uh, early in 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 the warm up. I had no uh, inclination that Shea Theodore was going to be scratched. Yeah. In fact, I didn't know until they came out for the game. Yeah, uh, that that yeah. Shea Theodore was was not going to be in the lineup because of because of illness, which is another reason why you get done with the first round series. If there's an illness going through, then you can wash that out. Yeah, uh, over the next four or five days, hopefully uh, get that uh, virus through. Uh, but but White Cloud and Hag were fantastic, and they got leaned on. Here's the head coach on that pairing. Yeah, they've been good. Um... You know, we talk about our forward depth, but we need to talk about our D depth, right? Three different pairs every night that can play. So if one pair is a little bit off, you still got four guys going over the boards that are pretty solid. And none of the pairs are really off, off all the time. Maybe they're just not at their best, but that's the advantage we have. We don't need our top four, so to speak, to be dominant every night. And be good, yep, do your job. But And that was a bit of the messaging to Hutton and Pahal tonight. Just just be yourselves. Go out. They've... they've helped us win games this year so we don't need you to be awesome we just need you to be solid and then the other four guys I think they know that just like if when Petro was out a little bit earlier and Theo the other guys know that they need a little bit more and that's what I like about our team right there's that's why we win because there's certain nights a guy knows that uh, I need a little more just because of what's available or not available to us 
And uh, good for Nick and, and Whitey for stepping up. I, I think they want this too, right? They want to play more. I mean, they don't want to be considered the best third pair, so to speak, all forever. They want to be top, considered top four guys. Why not? So that's the internal competition that drives good teams, and, and we have some of that right now. Great answer on that from head coach Bruce Cassidy. Let's slide over to Zach Whitecloud, who gave another uh, really informative postgame uh, reaction to the 4-1 win and the 4-1 series victory. The level of execution doesn't doesn't go up or down, right? It stays the same as uh, if you're, whether you're playing 16 minutes or whatever it is, 20 minutes. It doesn't matter. So, um, you know, obviously you don't want to see, you know, two of your better defensemen go out, right? But, um, you know, it's time for guys to step up and, and fill their shoes. And, um, you know, obviously no one can fill the, the shoes of number three and 27, right? But um, just uh, obviously take the minutes and, and uh, execute and, and do the job uh, and do what you're asked to do. What, how much fun was it playing those elevated minutes in a big game like this? Yeah, it was, uh, you know, no matter what situation you're in, these uh, these big moments are fun, right? And, uh, you know, that's what you play the game for. It, um, I think, uh, you know, obviously those situations and, and uh, bring out the best in guys. Um, and, uh, you know, we have a lot of guys that rise to challenges over the year. And, um, you know, we got guys that uh, are playing good hockey. So, What do you think it says about this team that you lose those two guys right before puck drop and you put in one of the best defensive performances of the season probably? Uh, just um, I think a testament to our depth and, and uh, you know, obviously the way we're coached and, um, you know, the way guys can step into the lineup at any time. Um, then again, it goes back to, you know, stepping up and, and uh, whether you're asked to play more or less, whatever it is, you do anything to help the team win, especially this time of year. Um, doesn't matter what that is. How satisfying was it, the fact that you guys didn't have to go back to Winnipeg and you got got it done, the, the first elimination game that you guys had possible? Yeah, and I, I said it this morning too. I, it doesn't matter what situation it is. We're, we're, we're hockey players. We're here to win games. Um, you know, obviously, um, you know, if a series has to go seven games, you got to win it in seven. That's what you got to do. But, um you just stuck together. We did the right things. We played the right way. Um, and obviously our, our offensive side of the game took over, which uh, um, was good to see. You mentioned coaching. Um, this is your first playoff series under Bruce. What's impressed you the most about him throughout this series? Just the way he coaches, obviously. Uh, you know, the, the intensity doesn't doesn't differentiate between regular season games or playoff games. Um, he's a coach that, you know, loves to, um, you know, be, be, be loud and, and uh, um, get guys going and that sort of stuff. And, and uh you know what? It's uh, it's a whole team effort, right? And it's the way the guys play, um, the way our coaches coach, the way guys trust us, um, and all those sorts of things, right? And, and they trust us with the puck, and they trust us to do a job. Um, and I think, uh, furthermore, we trust each other out there, whoever's in whatever scenario. So, um, and I think that's what good teams do. They trust each other, and um, you know, no matter who's doing the job, uh, you're trusting the guy that's uh, beside you or um, out there with you. What's it like to see this come full circle, at least in this moment, for LB? Say it again one more What's time, sorry. Like just to see it all come full circle for LB, just given the opponent and his journey. Uh, you know, LB's gone through, uh, you know, a tough road, obviously, uh, you know, the past year or two. And um, he's a guy that's that's been there for us, you know, for quite a while. And, um, you know, uh, he's a competitor and, and uh, you know, he loves the game. He's confident uh, in the net. Um and it's, it's always fun playing for a guy like that, especially his character and, uh, you know, the way he treats his teammates and, and the way he plays the game. Um, and, you know, that's uh, you can't ask for more than a teammate. What gives you the belief that this group can do it 12 more times? <laughs> There's a lot I could go in there and give you reasons as to why, but, you know, we've got leadership, we've got depth, we've got guys that care about one another, we've got goaltending, we've got 
guys that can step in in terms of depth, like you saw tonight. Um, and we just got guys that will do anything to win. And I think no one questions one another if they're willing to do something to help the team win, whether that's, you know, in some cases it's play less minutes or it's play more. It's block a shot. It's, you know, you're, maybe you're not getting as many offensive starts or you're starting the D zone more, whatever you're asked to do. We're here to win. And, you know, whatever, whatever you're asked to do, you go out and do it. And, um, and uh, you know, we trust one another to go out and do it. And I think, you know, we're all in this together. We have been from the start. And uh, we just have fun winning hockey games. That speaks to the room that they have mm-hmm. and the chemistry of this group, which is very similar to year number one. Mm-hmm. But the idea of more... D zone starts instead of O zone starts. That's a real thing uh, when you're a player and you're looking for your cookies Mm -hmm. and you're starting out all the time in the defensive zone. Uh, We know minutes are a big thing with all players. Uh, Being scratched, uh, being in and out of the lineup is tough for players when you're trying to uh, establish some uh, uh, credibility with the the head coach and consistency. Uh, there's, There's all these things that can wind their way into you and disrupt it but but Zach's right there's there's a real uh, togetherness with this group the the idea of of leaning on trust right and it's trust in the lineup within within the the players it's trust from coaches to players players to coaches all of that kind of stuff and you know I think that you you've got to be able to build on that and and throughout this year this this golden knights team we've we've marveled we've talked about how tight they are on the ice, how tight they are off the ice. And it really does feel like a team that's got the the swagger going in the right direction, especially through the first round of the playoffs. And, and that's with some some flat spots. Yeah. Like it hasn't been the Boston Bruins season. It hasn't been wall to wall. There's been some ups and downs. There's some a uh, couple of months where they didn't uh, put up points or victories the way they expected. Uh, they didn't have a 30-goal score. There was some injuries. Uh, there was points in this series, that game number one was not the response out of the gate that you expected from a team that won its division and the Western Conference. There's a, a first period in game number two. Uh, it took some fortunate goaltending to get through that. So it's it's not just talking about chemistry because they won. There's the chemistry that helped keep it together because without chemistry... It can fracture in a big yeah. Big I mean, hurry. you you grow through it, right? Like you you go through adversity, so that you or get, you break apart, like re Boom. Well, there's done. there's two ways it could go. Yeah, and and this team has grown through their adversity. Like, you know, and I think maybe kind of what they went through last year and 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 how it 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 fell apart at the end. Maybe that allowed them to come through in this situation, dealing with some of the same things or similar things, and find a way to to grow through it. But I think that that's really been the the story of the season for the Golden Knights is at every turn when they have had an opportunity to grow individually, collectively, through adversity, they have found a way to do it. So think about the Toronto Maple Leafs trying to win their first playoff round in 19 years. Uh Uh-huh, yeah. All right? Vegas Golden Knights. (laughs) Made the playoffs five or six years, mm-hmm. and they've won a round in four of them. Yes, and the one was the one. Like oh. we we all know what what happened there. Right. But uh, they were right there. But four of the five times they made the playoffs, mm-hmm. 
They've now won around and looking for more. Uh, the Winnipeg Jets uh, in the opposite situation are really disappointed in their performance. Uh, that's from their head coach. We'll tell you uh, about Rick Bonus. We'll let you hear from Rick Bonus and his reaction uh, following the 4-1 uh, series win for the Vegas Golden Knights. And we'll let you know on what Chris Chapman went through during that whole situation. I get Sometimes life just throws you curveballs and there's nothing you can do about it. You take a swing and it's a whiff and you get ready for the next pitch. It's the VGK Insider Show coming back with one-timers news notes from around the National Hockey League. Carlson left corner, centered, one-timer, score! It's time for one-timers. One-timers. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day on the VGK Insider Show. Goaltending the story of the National Hockey League. Is it the most important position? In the Stanley Cup playoffs, uh, listen to the Shirt Podcast with Kevin Woodley, the goalie guru. He's our guy, right? He's been on this uh, this radio show before. And uh, he breaks it down for us. He's a goalie dude, but even he is on the fence. He's got some really good explanations on both sides of it. I mentioned, is it the most important position in the Stanley Cup playoffs? Because the Carolina Hurricanes made a change. Mm-hmm. I put Frederick Anderson in goal for Game 6 against the New York Islanders. They're in the second period. And the Islanders trying to extend this season mm-hmm. for themselves and push the series to uh, Game 7 have a one nothing lead on Cal Clutterbuck's goal. Yeah, it's it's one nothing Islanders. Um, that all being said, like, Freddie Anderson's keeping, keeping it close. Yeah, but uh, Game 6, mm-hmm. late. Yep. Now, Antiranta, oh. he, he's played a lot for them the last two years. Sure for has. a guy that gets hurt a lot, uh, he's been uh, pretty key for them. But a little late to, to change the goaltending in a series. So we've got uh, now four different teams that have started two different goalies Is, in the playoffs mm. without being forced to because of injury. Going, that's, that's, pretty, uh, that's pretty extreme. Well... I feel like we talked about this going into the playoffs, and, and that was something you thought was going to happen often. Yeah, four is a lot. Oh. That's that's uh, of eight series, fifty percent of the series. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's big. Uh, Florida Panthers have done it. Uh, They're up two one against the Boston Bruins, trying to force that series to a game seven. Uh, later, the Minnesota Wild will try to push the Stars to the distance, and the Colorado Avalanche must win. Yeah, to keep hopes of a Stanley Cup champion. Chip repeat alive as they take on the Seattle Kraken that game in uh, the upper Pacific Northwest. Uh, do you guys have an idea of uh, who's going to win these games? Uh, Stars, Wild, Avalanche, Kraken? Mm. I think that the Dallas Stars get it done today. I think that they punch their tickets around number two. And I think that if the Kraken are going to win this series, they're going to have to win it tonight. I, I really do. And since I picked them in my bracket, I'm going all in on the Seattle Kraken. They will beat the Colorado Avalanche tonight. I'm still holding out hope for seven game sevens. Uh, Woodley, by the way, had this amazing take on the goaltending in the Stars Wild Series because of uh, the decision to go away from Philip Gustafson Mm. in game number two. Mm. Uh, And he justifies it. And he's not one of those people that's like, what are they thinking? What were they doing coming off the uh, double overtime uh, opener? Uh, That's available right now on the Chirp. So, your podcast with me, right? Listen to it. It, it, It's free information. It's right there for you. All you got to do is listen to your podcast wherever you get your podcast. Can I geek uh, out real quick? Yeah. 
We just had some aho on aho violence. Oh, really? We, yes. We interrupt this infomercial. Yes. For Chris Chapman. Because I have to geek out. Aho on aho violence. Aho. Sebastian so Aho gets get called for yeah interference on Sebastian Aho. Which one? The uh, Finnish Sebastian Aho took out the Carolina Swedish. Sebastian yes. Aho got the penalty. Well, no, no, no. The listeners have to figure sorry, out. Which, sorry, yes. the good, the good you, Sebastian. You ruined Aho. it. The good Sebastian Aho. How about that? Uh, the hockey world's still buzzing. Uh, that may take some of the attention away from what Rick Bonus did last night as everybody tries to figure out Aho Aho. But Rick Bonus had one of the great Stanley Cup playoff media conferences following the 4 1 win by the Vegas Golden Knights last night, which won the series in five games. Here is the Winnipeg head coach in his quick session with the media. Overall thoughts I'm so disappointed and disgusted right now. That's my thoughts. Where does the disgust come from? Pardon me? Where does the disgust come from? No pushback. But it's the same crap we saw in February. It was. That's why we, so as soon as we were challenging for first place and teams were coming after us, we had no pushback. This series, we had no pushback. Their better players were so much better than ours, it's not even close. It's like you've been holding these feelings on for a bit. Is it just yep. out of tonight's game or finally wanted to release that? It's, it started back in January and February. What is it about this team's leadership core that, or the top-end players? We've talked all we got to push back. There's got to be a pushback. There's got to be pride. you got to be able to push back when things aren't going your way. We had no pushback. Their better players were so much better than ours tonight. They deserved to win. They were the better team in the regular season. They were the better team in this series. Anything else? Good. Thanks. He actually sat down and he went and slapped his thighs and went, this is going to be short and sweet. We're going to get this done uh, quick. Uh, there's Rick Bonus. So uh, Rick Bonus has coached, been behind the bench for a National Hockey League game more times than anybody else in the history of the NHL. He hasn't been the head coach for the most games, but he's been on the bench for more games than any but Scotty Bowman, uh, go down the list, uh, Tope Lake, anybody, mm-hmm. Tope Coimbatore. And he is sitting there going, I can let this go mm-hmm. because I've seen everything. I'm a hockey lifer. Mm-hmm. I can just let it go. But what happened in that series with Winnipeg bugged him so much, he eviscerated his team. Yeah. And I told you guys yesterday when you were wondering what was going to happen. I said, 50% Winnipeg's going to push. Push, yeah. I said, 30% we're going to see the opposite. Mm-hmm. Because I'm, I know that group, I know that team, I'm aware of what's going on uh, with that team. Thirty percent is a lot to put on where you could get the other. Yeah, the the full the the just let it go, and that's Hold not it. a comment on Keith. everybody, but it's a pretty strong comment on the core group of that team. And Rick Bonus let them have it like I haven't seen a coach give it to a group ever. I loved every minute of it because I think that this has been kind of the commentary, obviously, on the Winnipeg Jets for years now, that it is a a, a supremely talented team. There are players that if you get the best version of them, you look at it and you put them with any other team in the National Hockey League and you believe that they can be front runners. And they were at times this year because it felt like they were breaking the mold. It felt like they were buying in to what Rick Bonus expected them, wanted them to do. And unfortunately, as we've seen many times with Winnipeg, when the going gets tough, the Jets just leave. And that's a that's a tough... Yeah, you have to make changes. You have to find a way 
to um, change things in Winnipeg, and I, I cannot wait to see what this offseason entails. Well, the roster reconstruction started last night. Yeah. Because there'll be a couple of those players who went, I'm not doing this again. I'm not playing for that guy again. That That is going to happen. <laughs> where they're, where they're going to... The, Go out and and demand to be to be moved. Now, there's yeah. a lot of speculation about where it's going to go anyway, because they they have uh, uh, Dubois, or they have to make a decision on with his contract. He's a restricted free agent. Shafley is up. Uh, Wheeler uh, is is up uh, next year, so they're they're eligible for extensions. Uh, mm-hmm. at, at, on July first, uh, Connor Hellebuck eligible for an extension. Uh, what uh, what do you do with him? Uh, I, I love some of their players. I really Connor uh, Kyle Connor uh, is incredible. Uh, uh, Adam Lowry I think is going to be their captain next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Dylan, uh, there's 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 some players. Uh, Josh Morrissey is uh, I would take him on every team that that he ever. I just he's salt to the earth. That, I got a guy in the trip. He would take. He was. He's just so cool and and down to earth and dedicated to the game. They do have really good players, but that that core, I, the, the, it's done. It, it hasn't been announced yet, <laughs> but it's it's. Finished. I don't see, I don't see Shifley, Dubois, Wheeler, Hellebeck, all returning next you, year. You you can't you can't run it back. You you just you can't do it. Period. Full stop. And Rick Bonus last night made sure of that. I don't know whether Rick Bonus is back. I, I think he should be. I, I mean, if he wants to be, but uh, I don't think Rick Bonus was the problem. They went through three coaches. Paul Maurice, a longtime coach. Uh-huh. He walked away. Then Dave Lowry, Adam Lowry's dad. <laughs> he couldn't turn it around. Rick did a good job. And I, I know Rick pretty well. Mm-hmm. He's, he's as fun-loving guy as you're going to meet. I was shocked. At that last night. I loved it. Absolutely shocked. Fantastic stuff. Because coaches don't do that at the end of a series. They take a breather. They'll answer some questions. They'll massage it a lot. And then maybe at the end of year media session, they'll offer some biting comments. Okay. But not after a series. What do you think the end of year commentary looks like from Rick Bonus? I don't know. Does he do it? I don't. I don't expect him to walk this back. Oh no, he he's not walking it back. Yeah. No, no. He, I think he doubled you, that. If I think you he followed doubles the down. Winnipeg Jets this year, there's been <laughs> moments like this. Yeah. Throughout the season, January, February, but but, um, was it March? He offered some comments trying to get them out of it, which were mind blowing. Calling out his team, mm-hmm. mind blowing, for a for a coach to talk about his group, challenging for the Stanley Cup playoffs, stuff I've never heard come from a coach challenging his group. So it's it's been there all year. That took it uh, just to a slightly new level, and management probably appreciates it. To be quite honest. I'm sure Kevin Sheveldaff is saying the same thing. I, mm-hmm. I stayed completely away from Chevy uh, mm-hmm. during this series, yeah. uh, my high school buddy. Right. Didn't go near him, didn't want to do any of that. Uh, didn't chirp knows, him? Uh, no, no. Didn't, we, we, didn't poke the bear? We talked We talked before the series. Mm-hmm. I'm not too worried about poking the bear. And then uh, I just told him, I said, well, well, we'll talk to you after. Not not that he needs, like, I'm not playing. He's he's not, I'm not uh, a Golden Knight player, but I just... It's just awkward when you're on two different sides of it. 
But I, uh, in a couple of weeks, I'm going to get in touch with him to see what he thinks about this. I decided today wasn't quite the best day to get in touch with him. Uh, those are your one-timers. Uh, news and notes from around the National Hockey League. Uh, catching up with Chapman. We'll tell the story about Rick Bonus's media conference and how it relates to Chris Chapman next. When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up with Chapman. Oh, Christopher. Hello, Darren. So how was the bonus press conference? Yeah, I missed it. <laughs> well, it was so short. Yes, yes. So, um, you know, the way the setup is, we come out of the Golden Knights locker room, and because Winnipeg lost, their players and their coach talk first. So we're waiting for bonus. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to run to the bathroom real quick. Yeah. Run to the to the bathroom, and literally, I was like two minutes. I come back, and I see them setting up the chairs for Mark Stone and Chandler Stevenson. And I'm like, bonus already talk? They're like, yeah, you missed it. It was great. I'm like, what? They're like, he just like said he was disgusted, and he was angry, and he, he walked out. And I'm like... And you missed I, it all. I missed it all. Like, his presser that we played was like 53 seconds. <laughs> and I, I missed it. Totally gone. So when did you first hear the, uh, when the audio? I got, when I got back to the building last night. Oh, so you, you weren't able I, to get yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, but I had a good chuckle. I thought it was thought it was. I'm um, actually part of me is glad I wasn't in there because I might have laughed. That'd have been okay. No, no, uh, no. That definitely would not. No, yeah. no, Come no. On. I think. Listen, I, I, I don't want any part of salty Rick bonus. I signed off, and within three seconds was already four seconds into bonus's press conference. It's fantastic. <laughs> like, could not you, get enough. You, of you it. can't laugh in the room. Like, at all. like I think that guy could legitimately kick my ass. Oh, for sure. Like I look at and he's seventy. Yes. Like there's not a there's not a lot of seven year old men that I'm afraid of. I think he would kick my ass. The, the dude went after uh, at it with yeah Dean Evison. Yeah. yeah, no, he was ready. And I, I wouldn't I wouldn't go anywhere. He was ready to throw Dino. down. Yeah, that was uh, that was wild stuff last night. Uh, awesome stuff uh, all the way around for the Vegas School of the Nights uh, post game uh, last night. Uh, great environment. Annabelle Hansen. What uh, what a presence inside the building last night, ringing the siren. Uh, great hug. I don't know whether you saw her hug with Mark Stone uh, coming down the, the hallway. Uh, what a moment that was. Well, and then even the, in the, the last game, last question of the press conference to Bruce. Yeah, she was great. She was fantastic. And I, I had to tell her she was awesome. You did? Yes, I told she her. She almost broke gave, my hand with a high five. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I gave her a high five. And she, she like... I was like, wow, little girl's got strength. Eight years old. Yeah, she's a cool, cool little girl. And and Mark Stone adores her. Like, you can see totally, yeah. totally adores this little girl. Well, Mark now a dad. Yeah, uh, yeah. Little, little girl. I'm sure there's a little emotion, like, when you when you see her. and uh, the, Changes the your perspective uh, on things. You challenges know? that, uh, the battles that she's gone through. So, uh, awesome stuff. Uh, we'll see where we land on Monday when we return on the VGK Insider Show. Who will the opponent be? Well, if we know, it'll be Edmonton. If we don't, that means they're going to a seventh game. We'll talk to you Monday on Fox Sports Las Vegas.